You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Sometimes you don't even want to speak with him because you think you're not worthy, because you think that you have messed up pretty bad. Sometimes we feel as though we're unworthy of his love. But that scripture reminds us that he forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He's constantly restoring us. Constantly filling us. That is his work. Because he's our father and we are his children. We've heard the testimonies of um, the people who so graciously shared. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for sharing um, with us. I imagine that if we had to pass the microphone around, each and every one of us will have not just a thing, several things to say. Several things to say. I remember at some point this week, I think it was last week, when Pastor Sokwe shared something on Instagram about the day her house got burnt. I remember where I was that day when I received that phone call. And it was not pleasant. I had just gone to visit with my dad and he was very ill. 2018 has come with its challenges. It has come with its own battles. But we are standing. We are victorious. It is not about anything we did. It is about the God that we serve. The Father who loves us. Constantly protecting. Constantly preserving. Constantly causing us to be victorious. To rise above the waves of the challenges. Someone here may even have gone through fire. Literally. But just as the scripture records. You were not burnt. You are standing. I don't know what your challenges may have been this year. But the waters have not consumed you. The waters of death. Financial debt. The waters of and the waves, the storms of loss. I don't know what it is you may have lost. Physically, even spiritually. You may have lost someone very dear. But you are here. You are still standing. The Holy Spirit has comforted and is strengthening you. I want us to just spend a few minutes just reflecting on how good God has been. Just think about his goodness. Think about the grace that we have enjoyed from January 1st till date. Because we have crossed over. Every member of the LifePoint Church, we have crossed over already. We are in 2019. We have begun to see it. We are living it already. So I want you to think. This year... You move from January till date. You have grown. You have been stretched. You have been pulled in all directions. But you did not break. You are still standing. This year, the things that the enemy meant for evil, God has taken those same situations and turned them around for your good. Instead of demotion, you received promotion. Even when you failed, even when you failed, 
God was still there for you. Correcting you, guiding you, instructing your heart. Showing you how not to do stuff and how to be better. How to live better. I don't know what your own situation may have been. I've been through an accident this year, a ghastly one. Um, I lost my dad. What else? I'm fully sure you know them now. What else? First time, yes, I've never been admitted. I've never been admitted before. I was on a hospital admission. My husband has never been admitted. He was on hospital admission. But we are standing. We are standing. And we are stronger. That is the beauty. Because with God, it gets better. You never remain the same. So whatever it is, whatever negatives you may have encountered in 2018, and you're here thinking, boo-hoo, 2018 has dealt with me. It hasn't been a very good year. I put it to you that God has been very good to you. And for that reason, he deserves all your thanks because you could have been worse. He could have been worse. As a church, God blessed us with babies this year. Hallelujah. He increased us, literally. We have received additions of, of new members, amazing people. You know, you all, those who joined us this year, God bless you. Thank you for coming again and again and again. God is doing great things amongst us. We can call on his name and he hears, he answers. Ha! Let me explain to you. You know, I've never been a, um, I grew up in a Christian home, so it would be very difficult for me to use the analogy of, of maybe a Shango worshiper or whatever. But I imagine that those guys go to their stone gods and their metal gods and they are talking and, you know, pouring the oil and all of that, all of that, and they're not getting any conversation back, you know. There's nothing happening. It's just them. But we serve a God who is alive. The God of all gods. The king of all kings. The one that we can call to and he answers us. Gives us instructions. Sends people to us. We read his word. It comes alive in our hearts. That is the God we serve. And he deserves all of our thanks. Life Point Band, please, can we just take one song? Thank you. He deserves all of our thanks, absolutely. For life, for strength, for grace, for financial increase, for prosperity, for promotions. You are not where you used to be. You are on your way to where God has destined for you. That is worth thanking God for. That is worth thanking God for. You may have lost a relationship. Look back and say, you, whoever, boy or girl, the person has missed out. The person doesn't know who they are dealing with. They've missed out. Because God has someone better. He has ordained and planned someone better for you. So do not sit and dwell on the things that you did not have or the things that you missed out on or the things that you may have lost this year. But focus on the good that God has done for you. Focus on the life that you have, that you cannot buy with money. If you had all of the money in the world, if you ask you, you want to be rich in all currencies, amazing. But it, that can buy you life.
done so much for me, I cannot take
our helper, our keeper, our protector. Hey, constantly keeping, constantly providing, constantly blessing. Hallelujah. While we were worshipping, um, there was a word for someone, or maybe several people. But the Lord says to tell you that, um, it was from one of our ministers here, it says to tell you that um, you are struggling with your past and you have refused to accept his love. You, know, you think you are not qualified, you think you are unworthy of his love, but he says to remind you that he loves you. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He just wants you to accept his love and come as you are. Specifically for someone who has been sleeping around, two things, sleeping around and someone who has been duping people. Those are, um, that is the message from God to you this morning and I encourage you to please open up your heart and let God in. Let the spirit of God just take over your life. Stop trying to figure it out yourself. Stop trying to earn his love. We, we didn't do anything to deserve that love. We didn't. It wasn't about anything we did. So stop trying to... Um, st stop shortchanging yourself and just separating yourself because you think you're not worthy. He loves you just as you are. That hasn't changed. And he wants you to come home to him. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We're so thankful. Only you could have done us like this. Only you could have done us this well. We're grateful to you for life. We're grateful to you that we are here witnessing literally the end of the year and just preparing our hearts for the new year. We ask, sweet Holy Spirit, that you take over. I declare that I speak with clarity. I speak with power. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that the hearts of everyone here present is receptive to your word and to your instructions. They do not hear me speak. I do not speak enticing words of man's wisdom. I declare, Lord, that you would speak to us as it is upon your heart and you will set us on a course as you have prepared for us for 2019. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's do this. Um, how many of you have participated in the last few Sundays this month? We have been discussing questions and answers with God. Questions of God, yeah. How many people have been here? Who can tell me the very first question we PI passed through? Yeah? Anybody? No idea. Where are you? Where are you? Okay. What was the second question? Who sent? Who said you are naked? Thank you. Third question. These are we know the people that take notes in church and people that listen. Why are you angry? Thank you. Why are you angry? Okay. Is there any other question? Where is your brother? Thank you very much. These are the real A-star students. Okay. So today we are discussing the last question for the year which would set us on a course for the new year, and it is, what do you see? Would you kindly ask your neighbor, what do you see? Have you said hi? Sorry, Pierre is not around, but he sends his love. 
okay? He, he reached out to us this morning. He sends his love. He misses you all. So please say hi, please. Uh, okay, tell your neighbor you love them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know. I don't quite know how to do that the way he does it. But so just say, tell your neighbor I love you with the love of the Lord. I'm excited that the year is winding down. I'm seated beside you, you know. You better shake me well now. Because in 2019, you might need to get a, what? An appointment to see me. So enjoy it now. Enjoy my sitting. I, I promise to still stay humble, you know. Anyway, so what do you see? What do you see? Um, a few scriptures. God would ask prophets this particular question. He would, he, he, the first person he asked this question was Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11. Please can we have the scripture up? And he, he said to Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah responded, I see a branch of an almond tree. Further down, I think in verse 13, he also asked him another question. What do you see? And Jeremiah also then responded that he saw a boiling pot that was tilted northward. Very interesting that God would ask this man, Jeremiah, by the way, is the popular, for those of you who are Bible scholars, is the one who's known as the weeping prophet. So his message it was just a message of doom, a message of woe, woe to you, woe, doom. If you don't change, doom, you know. But he's, he does this with so much passion and he would cry. He, would, he literally bore the passion of the message. Literally, ex, uh, what's the word now? He behaved as though he were God. And the pain that God felt, you know, be, because of the way his children treated him, was how he conveyed, was in the spirit of that pain that he conveyed his messages. Another prophet that God would reach out to and ask the same question was Amos. I think in Amos chapter 7 verse 8. He would say to Amos, what do you see as well? He also then asked another prophet, Zechariah, what do you see? And I find it very interesting that God would ask people these questions what do you see because the first thing is they are looking at what he's also looking at so is he expecting a different response like what do you see i see my bible in front of me it is opened you know what was god trying to get at when he would ask his prophets what do you see but as i prepared you know um one thing was clear god would speak in this manner to his representatives here on earth because he was trying to pass across a message. He was selling a vision, you know. He was trying to show them a revelation, something that is to come. He was trying to make his purposes and his intents known to his representatives and they are carriers of his message. So for him, it was important that they saw what he was seeing. It was very important to God that his people saw what he was seeing. I like um, Zechariah because in his own experiences with God, he would describe in very great detail what he saw, 20 cubits. So, and I'm, sometimes I'm like, did God give you these dimensions as you were seeing the thing? Or was it like, you know how it is, you're looking at a picture and then it is maybe a board and then it is ruled and written 20 cubits how did he know at that first spot on then that this is 20 cubits 
But the thing is, God would ask them those questions anyway. And he expected a response. Very good to, to note that the responses were spot on. In fact, to Jeremiah, he said, you are very correct. I see an almond plant or a branch of an almond tree. Why would God be focused on asking us what we see? He can simply just say to us, this is an almond branch. This is what I'm going to do to the children of Israel. Why was it important for us? When I say us now, I'm putting us in, in, in the space of you know, those prophets. Because as PI has taught us, we are chief resident prophets of our own lives. So I'm putting us almost on the same pedestal with his representatives because that's who we are. We are his ambassadors here on earth. Why is it important for us to see what God is seeing? Another thing that is very instructive in these experiences of these three prophets, while it was that they said the things that they could see physically, God would take the little that he had said, and he will build on those little. He would take what the prophet had said he could see, and then he would build a message out of it, and then send them to his people. He would give them instructions from that which they could see. My question to us this morning as we are preparing for the new year. What are you seeing? And more importantly, what is God seeing concerning you? Because therein lies the power for 2019. So you may be seeing the state of the economy. You may be seeing the things that are not working in and around you at the moment. You may be seeing the people who have gone ahead of you and you think they are doing well. Oh, they are my pairs, but they've gone ahead. Instagram, lifestyles, yada, yada, yada. You may be seeing all of these things. But I put it to you, that is not what God is seeing. God is seeing more and he's wondering why we are unable to see what he's seeing. If God showed up to you today, and questioned you like one of his prophets to say, what do you see? What would be your response? This says to me, while I was preparing for this, we are seeing with our physical eyes oftentimes. And God is wanting us to begin to see with the eyes of the spirit. Because you see, there's only so much your five physical senses can do. They can only take you so far. You engage the world and your realities on the face of this earth with your five senses. So you can see, you can smell, you can hear, you can... What are the other? You can taste, yeah. 
But God is not a waster of resources. He's not, he's very economical. The Bible is, is a very economical book. So when you see the same question being asked over and over again, it is because there is something in there. And there are lessons for us to take. So I ask you again, what are you seeing for 2019? What are you seeing for your family? What do you see for your business? What do you see for your career? What do you see for your nation? What do you see for the LifePoint Church? What do you see for your finances? So sight is a function of the eyes. That's what God has created the eyes to do, to see. That's why we say eyesight. However, to see at the level at which God sees requires vision. And vision is a function of the heart. Vision is a function of your heart. It means that your sight, your physical eyes are very limited. Forgive this analogy, but I doubt that we would be able to physically see if there's a witch flying around in here. I don't know. But we will see because God will show it. He will make it known. And then I imagine that Felicia taps Tolu and says, There's a witch in that corner. And Tolu says, Where, where, where? Can't you see? Because they are not seeing the same things. Or the quality of their eyesight is not, it's not the same. So what do you see? When you sleep at night, what do you see? When you are in Lagos traffic, what do you see? You see the cars. You see the gridlock. Can you see more? I imagine that the likes of Henry Ford when they sat and were worried about the fact that only rich people could drive cars and he wanted to create cars that everybody could, you know, everybody could own a car, a car that was affordable. And it took him years and years and years. The question is, what was he seeing? What was he seeing? What was he trying to achieve? So when a person doesn't have vision, it means they are living by their eyesight. Their physical eyes. It means that you live by what you see. And that's why a lot of times we get depressed. We get frustrated. We get angry. It appears as though things are not working out. Because we are only seeing with our physical eyes. But God is saying in 2019, I need for my people to begin to see what I see. I need for them to begin to see as I see. 
Because therein lies the difference between you and your neighbor. No wonder Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 that the eyes of our hearts should be flooded with light. The eyes of our understanding should be enlightened. It says to you that there are other pairs of eyes. I mean, there's another pair of eyes that we process as children of God. And the earlier we activate those eyes and begin to see, so that things don't begin to happen to us by chance. This year, you may have been battered. It was one of the things I said to God, and I'm being very real here. God, you and I, we have a deal. Next year, nothing is permitted to happen to me that you have not reviewed, we've not had a conversation about. No more. Because you see, all that being thrown off and then trying to find your balance, and it's just a waste of time. Meanwhile, God did not go anywhere with me. He did not change. It is just me. I got busy with the cares of this world. But God is calling us to more. He's saying to us, you need to begin to see. You need to begin to see. You need to begin to see what January holds. I love the scriptures. He would say of, you know, in Samuel's story, when God wanted to, when, well, I was going to say when God wanted to ordain Saul, but when the children of Israel muscled God and demanded for a king, because that was what it was, scripture records that God spoke to Samuel in his ear and said, that guy, that's the one you should ordain. Give them, give him to them. Show me the one king, give him. He spoke in his ear. Scripture would tell, tell us about Moses, how God would say, Moses is my friend. He's the one I have a face-to-face -face conversation with. What do you see, LifePoint Church? So we have two sets of eyes, the physical eyes and our spiritual eyes. And we need to activate our spiritual eyes to begin to see things that are to come and to begin to be able to walk in those things because that is what faith is substance of things hoped for evidence of things not seen not seen with the physical eyes but we have seen them in the spirit and so we go in that assurance I would like to dwell a bit on the story of um, two guys in the book of Numbers Numbers chapter, let me start from chapter 12 first, verse 16. So uh, just the background, or to provide some context, the Moses' sister had misbehaved. Moses and Aaron, so, yeah, sorry, Miriam and Aaron had misbehaved and all of that stuff. But by verse 16, it says, And afterward the people moved from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. I did a little study and discovered that. So the wilderness of Paran is actually like the southernmost area of Canaan. What had God said to the children of Israel? That he was taking them to Canaan. He was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey, right? For the Bible scholars in the house. And God did not just give that, uh, that prophecy or that word or that revelation. Just as we have received in times past prophecies. 
that we are wondering when, when is this thing going to happen? Eh, one year, two years, three years. It has happened for this person now. When is my own? But God had told these guys way back from even the time of Abraham. And I imagined that that was a, 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 an instruction or a, sorry, not an instruction. And that was a revelation that, or a promise. Yes, that's the word. That was a promise that was carried on from generation to generation. And so God reminded them again while they were in the wilderness. Here is where I'm taking you to. And we see that encounter in chapter 13. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man. And so Moses identifies 12 spies. Verse 17, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. For me, from verse 2, when God would say to Moses, send out men to spy out the land, my question, and this is how I do my own Bible study, I ask God questions. You had already promised these guys this land. From the time of Abraham. Why the need for them to go and spy out the land? You know all things. You're omniscient. You're God. Why did you need for them to, you know, select a few people to go and spy out that land? And the answer was very clear to me. That God would always need us to join him where he is at work. He can hand it over to us on a platter of gold. But it is very important for us to be a part of the process. Because as we go along on that journey, as we go along in that process, we are being developed. The character that is required to be able to own the land, to own the territory, is being built. That's why he will not just drop it on our laps sometimes. So God wanted them to go and see with their eyes. God needed for the spies to go and see with their eyes and bring back a report to the general house. Alas, we know how that story went, right? Ten people come back and they begin to scream. It's not possible. It is absolutely impossible. Yes. In fact, the first thing they say is, yes, the land is indeed flowing with milk and honey. However, there are giants in the land. However, we are small in their sight. We are small in our sight. We are like grasshoppers. They are giants. And ten of them saw. And what they saw was bad. And they carried that bad report back to the house. Then you have two men, Caleb and Joshua, who say, no. The land is flowing with milk and honey, yes. However, the men of that land are like bread. And it hits me. Some people saw giants and some people saw food. Some people saw giants and some people saw bread. That's how my version puts it. It says, uh, let me look for this verse now. 
verse 9, chapter 14, verse 9. Is, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. What? Isn't it the same set of eyes they took to, go to the land to go and spy? Why did some people see giants? They not only saw giants, but it was almost as though there was an inverted scene. They also began to see themselves smaller and littler. If there's any word like that. Is it more little or littler? Anyway, smaller than they originally thought they were. The size and the magnitude of their challenge made them begin to doubt in their own capacity to take on that land. And you know the painful thing, which happens to us, made them begin to doubt God who had given the promise. Two sets of people and two different sites. But the other guys came and said, no, these guys, they are our bread. We will take them out. Was it that they did not see the sizes of the children of Anak? Was it that they could not, what happened to them? Did they become, what happened to them? What happened to their sight? And it was clear. The difference between the ten guys and the other two was simply about relationship. So I suspect very much so that Caleb and Joshua had kept the promises that they had received from their fathers, 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 you know, all the way from Abraham's time when God had initially spoken. That's one. Two, they recognized when God worked. And in our day and age, and this was how it came to me while I was studying, we note down our victories. The things that God did for us, we note them down. So that in the day of battle, we can pull them out and draw strength from them. So I guess this is my way of saying to you, if you don't journal, maybe you should in 2019. If you don't write down your testimonies, or maybe record them on your phone or a device. But something that allows you to go back and play and, you know, just refresh your mind when you're going through a challenging period. Caleb and Joshua remembered the God that parted the Red Sea. Caleb and Joshua remembered the God that sent manna from heaven and fed them in the wilderness. Caleb and Joshua remembered the God that enabled them to plunder the Egyptians when they were leaving Egypt. Caleb and Joshua remembered the God who was a pillar of cloud by day, protecting and preserving them from the elements of the wilderness while it was very hot, and a pillar of fire by night, keeping them warm and lighting their path. They remembered that God. And they said, if he had spoken then he's more than able to do it. So they were not going in their own strength. They were not going thinking about their own sizes. It was as though when they showed up there, they knew God had shown up. And that God would fight this battle. If he says he's giving us the land, you best be rest assured he's giving it to us. And that was the position they came from. So I ask you again, 
With what eyes are you seeing in 2019? We still have about a day to go. So maybe now is a good time to begin to write down the things that God has done for you. Begin to remember them. And then look at your challenges. The things that are staring you in the face and say, you are bread for me. You are bread for me. Let those mountains become stepping stones to your next level. But it starts with a step. You have to take a step of faith. So vision is a combination of insight and foresight or founded in God's sight. Let me take that again. Your vision is a combination of your insights and foresight, but the foundation is God's sight. That means you are seen as God is seen. That means that your sight is enabled by God's own sight, God's own vision for your life and for your situation. So which means you need to know what God is up to in your life. You need to know what God is up to around you so that you can dream and let the Holy Spirit paint pictures in your heart. Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 1 says, you know, Habakkuk says, I will stand on my watch and I will watch to see what he will say to me. And you know, for the longest time, every time I read that scripture, why do you want to see what he will say? Why don't you want to hear what he will say? And then verse 2 says, God responds to him and says, write the vision. Make it plain. That a herald may run with it. And the question for me is, it was very important to God that Habakkuk saw what was going to happen. Which was why he said, I will watch to see what he will say. So there are two things there. Him seeing what God saying. So literally God painting pictures in his heart, you know, about the things to come. Vision gives life meaning and purpose. There's been this whole, you know, sometimes we find ourselves at different stages or phases of our lives questioning our purpose, uh, the reason for our existence here on earth. When you align your vision with God's, then you are one step closer if you don't already have your answer in that. And so God would say, or sorry, Jesus Christ would say, the writer of Hebrews actually, speaking about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And here you have Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace the lion of the tribe of Judah, Emmanuel. You have him here 
going along with God's plan for the joy that is set ahead, the joy of you and I, the joy of the salvation of our souls, the joy of redemption back into his father's kingdom. So he would go along on that journey for the joy that is set ahead. Sometimes the vision in the course of just living a life of purpose and meaning, it comes with pain. But you see, it's worth it. It's worth it because we are rest assured that there is an end goal. There is a joy that is set ahead. So we endure our cross. We carry it. We endure it. And we despise the shame. The shame of not fitting in. The shame of not being popular. The shame of, you know, things not, not living a lifestyle that is considered uncool or not cool. The shame of you are the only one not sleeping around amongst your friends. Despise those shame for the joy that is set ahead. Because there is more to us. And we recognize that the one that we are that, that we serve, the one who has called us, has placed these demands on us and on the relationship that we have with him. And we are glad we go along with his plan because we know he has the best plan. I thought somebody would say an amen to that. How far you will go will be determined by how far you can see and how yielded, how submitted you are to God. It's not about the amount of connections you have, the people you know or don't know, the amount of money you have in your bank account. It's a function of what you are seeing. It's a function of what you are seeing and how submitted you are to God. So the quality of your relationship, which was why I started out initially, the vision is a function of the heart. So you have the stories of the likes of uh, Noah. Noah had never seen an ark before. He had never seen an ark. In fact, there had never been a flood. So talk about being unpopular, talk about being seen as demented or depraved. That was Noah. How do you go tell people that there's going to be a flood? What flood? They can't conceptualize it. Plenty rain, plenty water. How? Because it had never happened. But in 2019, I decree that you will birth things that the world will come and ask you, who is your God? Out of you will flow innovations that people will ask to know how you are doing it and you can point them to God in Jesus' name. I'm sure Noah spoke extensively trying to get people to listen. There's a flood coming, guys. Change your ways. Follow me. And then when he started putting together the ark, I'm sure they laughed. They booed. This guy has gone crazy. I can imagine his children. Ah, daddy. If you have it, <laughs> my daughter would, I'm sure she, she would say things like, that's just horrible. Everybody's laughing. But hey, for the joy that is set ahead, the joy of redemption, the joy of salvation. 
he endured that shame. Another example. Okay, so the state of your heart will inform the conversations you will attract. Let me take that again. The state of your heart in 2019 will inform the conversations that you will attract. Attract. State of your heart will inform the conversations that you will attract. Noah was a good man. Bible records Noah was a just man. And so God would speak to Noah and reveal his plans to him. I've spoken about Samuel. God will speak into his ear. But I want us to also consider something. Eve. She had a conversation as well. A life-changing conversation. In fact, the reason why we are here. Mama Eve. She had a conversation. And I can't remember where that scripture is, but the scripture that speaks about when, when sin... Uh, desire gives birth to sin and sin no desire gives birth something gives birth to desire desire gives birth to sin and sin leads to death the devil I've always wondered why did he not go to Adam but anyway he went to Eve and he speaks to Eve and he paints a picture one of my mentors said recently it's a game of thrones guys it's a game of thrones. Who will you allow to sit on the throne of your hearts in 2019? Who will you allow to sit on the throne of your heart in 2019? Because the devil showed up to Eve. And you see, it's not strange that he would show up to Eve. Maybe before then, I mean, that hadn't been recorded. But he also he showed up, you know, to Jesus as well. And we saw how Jesus took him out. But he showed up to Eve and painted a picture. I feel like he just brought out what maybe had been lurking. Some I don't know. Because they, they did not know sin before then. So it's a very dicey something. I'm still trying to unravel it. When I find the answer, I will share. But why Eve? And why did that picture settle in her heart? It says, God is lying. You will, you will not die. He just doesn't want you to be as wise as, as he is. And that's stuck. So you will have conversations in 2019. But how prepared are you to ward off the conversation, the negative voices? How prepared are you to silence them? Here you have Eve. And she, she looked at that fruit after the devil had sowed division to her. And the first thing is, it looked good for food. The second was pleasing to the eye and the third it was desirable to make one wise and she ate every time i read that scripture the three things lust of the eye lust of the flesh pride of life that's what jumps out at me because she looked at it and it will check 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 and she ate so the state of your heart will determine the conversations that you attract. 
when he comes because Jesus knew no sin so we can't say it was that his heart was filthy it was why the devil came to him that just, go, that just goes to gosh, that just goes to show us that <laughs> the devil is not okay he will show up at any time through any means or medium but we saw how Jesus handled him he came to Jesus and offered bread to a man that had been fasting for 40 days who was very, King James Version says, very hungered, be hungered or something like that. But very hungry, a hungry man. And you offer him food. But we saw how Jesus handled the devil. And that is the kind of position I want us to assume. Because we are children of lights. No longer should we be tossed to and fro. No longer should we, you know, be swayed. We run in this direction in January. Next month we are running. They say it is this something that is working. We have followed. They say it is this particular way to make money. We have followed. When are we going to sit and see what God is seeing? When are we going to be able to engage him and ask him questions? And it starts from now. There is a seed of greatness inside every one of us. I shared that last month. When we are talking about being, becoming a person of influence. That in Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse 38. God said, be fruitful and multiply. He did not say be seedful. Which means, the capacity to produce fruits, what is going to enable it, is already inside us. The seed. However, the Holy Spirit reminded me that a seed is not a fruit. A seed is not a tree. Neither is a seed a forest. But it is, it has potential, it has capacity to become all of those things. But it would remain a seed. If there is no enabling environment, it will remain a seed. If there is no tilling of the soil of your heart, it will remain a seed if you do nothing. So in 2019, we already have the promise of being fruitful. It is our fault if we are not fruitful. It is our fault if we do not multiply. It is our fault if we do not replenish the earth with the light and the love of God. Through the works of our hands. To enable the Holy Spirit paint pictures in your heart to see what God is saying about you, you need to become another man or another woman. So permit me to just use man generally. You need to become another man. Now the story of Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Here we see Saul looking for his father's donkeys. And he goes on and on and his servant says to him, oh, there's a man of God, blah, blah, blah. As he was coming, God spoke into Samuel's ear. That's the guy. And after Samuel engages him, you know, feeds him, says to him, the spirit of God will come upon you and you will become another man. Please say to your neighbor, you need to become another man in 2019. You need to become another man. 
You cannot live life just anyhow, careless living. Bible speaks of the prodigal son, calls it riotous living. You need to become another man. You need to become another man who is given to prayer. If you are currently praying 10 minutes, you need to up your game. Because 2019 is not for, it's not for the lazy. And that's the truth. We all know that it's a very significant year in, in our country, right? And there have, there have been prophecies. I will not say much. You're already praying 30 minutes, you need to up your game. If you are still struggling to read the scriptures, please speak to any of our pastors and ministers here. They can share with you devotionals. They can give you tips on how they study. You need to become another man. That's the summary of it. And Bible records that as the Spirit of God came upon Saul, he joined the company of the prophets and he began to prophesy. And people saw him and said, Is that not Saul, the son of Kish? What is he doing in the midst of prophets? I declare that that will be someone's story in the name of Jesus Christ. That in 2019, people will look at you and say, ah, ah, how did you do it? How did you do your own? You have become so on fire for God. You need to become another man. It's not a year for meddling with sin. Scripture says little foxes spoil the vine. You see all those little, little things that we're still struggling with. Today we are going to pray and ask God to help us. We are leaving them behind in 2018. They are not following us into 2019. Lastly, before we pray, God asked me a question and I'm going to ask you the same. And I would like for you to leave with it and meditate on it outside of here. And possibly even journal your thoughts down. What do you see concerning 2019? But what God then asked me is, when you think of me, who do you see? That's him, God. Who do you see? Who do you see? Who do you wish to see in 2019? In what dimensions do you want to experience God? Who is God to you? And the scripture that came to me is the I am that I am. And so the Holy Spirit said, take that I am and begin to fill it in. So the I am is like a blank check. So it is, I am your shield and exceeding great reward. I am your provider. I am your protector. I am your wisdom and intellect. I am, just fill it in. Who is God to you in 2019? And you can personalize it, you can call it who you are. Somebody needs to see God as Father. Someone needs to see God as Father in 2019. You have struggled with it. You have resisted it because of the negative experience that you have had with your own earthly father. But God is saying to you this morning, I am not your earthly father. I am better. I am bigger. I made your earthly father. I am more than enough for you. I am your source. So we need to recognize God for who he is and who he will be to us in 2019. Shall we rise up to pray?
first thing we're praying to God about this morning is just a prayer of surrender. A prayer of surrender. Somebody needs to unlearn the things that they have learned that has not taken them far in 2018. You need to leave them behind. You need to unlearn them. It's a, it's a prayer of consecration that, Lord, just, you know me. You see me. You know me more than I know myself. You know the areas that I am lacking. You know the gaps that need to be closed before 2019. So, Lord, come and do your work. We are asking God to literally perform a surgical operation in this place, in our spirits, man. In the name of Jesus, please begin to pray. And if you can pray in the Holy Spirit, please start from there. Mandi lebo shata libra de kesande rebosha. Masekere shalibra da bose. Father, we are here. We are here for you. Lanta kasata lebo shata yekerebosha. Lord, that you will purge our hearts. You will purge us with Esau. Maku kaliba sende leke ekaluza taya bababa shateke. That you will make us clean. You will make us fit for you. Mando sotokoyede rebosh. This morning we repent of every self-centeredness. We repent of every doubt. We repent from every unbelief. In the name of Jesus. In every way we have limited you. In every way we have, we, we have looked at you as though you are not enough. This morning we repent. In the name of Jesus. Someone is beginning to ask God to help me. Say, help me, Father, I cannot help myself. The things that I desire to do, I find that I don't do them. It's the things that I do not want to do that I find myself doing. This morning, begin to engage the help of the Holy Spirit. Someone needs to begin to pray and ask God to equip me. Equip me with the things that I need for 2019. In the name of Jesus. The wisdom for right living. The wisdom for right living. The wisdom to engage relationships appropriately. Father, I receive today in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for the, for the instructions that I have not obeyed. Father, I repent today. I repent today in the name of Jesus. I declare, Lord, that I am going all out. I am going all out for you. Someone needs to begin to make that declaration that you are going all out for God in 2019. Regardless of what people will say, regardless of what your friends will say, regardless of what family will say, you are taking the stand for righteousness. You are taking the stand for God. Hey, Someone needs to begin 
to pray for joy. Begin to pray for joy. Begin to pray for joy. Begin to pray for a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit of love. Kindness. Goodness. Patience. Because you will need this in 2019 more than ever before. That your heart will overflow with love. That your heart will overflow with love. In the name of Jesus. That you will recognize that it is the Lord, the God of angel armies, that is fighting your battles. Someone is to begin to pray for sinners, church. Begin to declare that you see with the eyes of the Spirit. Begin to declare that your eyes are illuminated. The eyes of your understanding are enlightened. In the name of Jesus. You are no longer seen. Yeah, you are no longer seen as you currently do. In the name of Jesus. I'd like us to take that prayer for seeing eyes again. I'm reminded of the scripture in Mark where Jesus healed the blind man. And Jesus asked him, what do you see? And he said, I see men as trees. I see men as trees. There's some of us here today that you are seeing, but you are not seeing well. Your scene is very distorted. It's, your scene is, has become manipulated. So today, I want you to begin to declare seeing eyes, that you see clarity of vision, clarity of purpose, Light breaks forth in your heart. In the name of Jesus. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. That my eyes are open to see clearly. I refuse to, to have distorted vision. In the name of Jesus. I am not confused. It is clear. I see as my father sees. I see as my father sees. I see that which is upon his heart for me. Kasuta I am not seeing men as trees. Hey,
Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.